I remember being out on a job site. I was building the prairie dog exhibit at the Maryland Zoo. And I remember thinking to myself, like, holy crap, (laughs) I am out here eight months pregnant with a hard hat on in sweltering summer heat, building something that thousands of people are going to see every day. Welcome to Ambition Theory Women in Construction. This show asks questions that everybody is thinking about but doesn't want to say out loud. It's about tackling complex topics like why are there so few women in senior leadership positions? What is it going to take to change this? Each episode is a combination of motivation and tactical strategies to get ahead. We get out of our comfort zones and we take action. We learn, grow, and create opportunities. I am your host, Andrea Jansen, a certified executive coach with an MBA, and since 2018, I've coached over a thousand construction professionals to level up their leadership. Let's get started. Hello, Jennifer. Welcome to Ambition Theory Women in Construction. I am so excited that you're here. Jennifer is the president of the Maryland Center for Construction Education and Innovation. Um, And your goal is to really make careers in the built environment a first choice option. And what I know about you, Jennifer, is that you are a transformational leader and you are really strong at bringing people together and get them working towards a really big vision. Um, Your job is to get people excited about construction, work with industry, um, get them on board, really help companies solve this war for talent that the industry um, is facing really around the world right now. You have such an exciting job. You have an exciting career. And I'm so honored that you're here to talk to us today. Well, thanks so much for having me, Andrea. I'm really excited to be here. Amazing. So first, I want to start off with just understanding a little bit about how you got into the construction industry. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I actually never had any intention of joining the construction industry when I did. Uh, I went to school for communications and advertising with a minor in sociology. I thought I was going to be like on, uh, you know, Madison Avenue, doing the Mad Men thing, making commercials and that kind of stuff. Um, when I graduated from, from school, um, I did not find very many advertising opportunities. So I pivoted towards a marketing um, approach. And my very first job was working for a really large general contractor in their marketing department. So that's how construction kind of found me. So you started out in marketing, in construction, mm-hmm. but you, you were able to step away from that stream and kind of really go into multiple areas of the industry. Can you talk about how that played out for you? Because I know it wasn't a straight path. No, it wasn't. So while I was at that that GC, I was given the option or the opportunity to do project engineers training. It was basically a training that they did. All of their brand new hires out of school got to learn about the company, about the industry. And when I was sitting in there, I was thinking to myself, like, I could totally do this. And I mean, not to knock into marketing or anything, but I was making probably two to three times less than these people that were right out of school in marketing. And I started to get a little angry at myself and the decisions I made up to that point in my life that led me to that career. But ultimately it did lead me to where I am now. So I've made peace with it, but I will say, so when I was in there, um, I thought a little bit about it, but I didn't do anything right away at first. Then a couple of years later, a friend of mine um, 
started with another firm and it was a new up and coming company with a lot of buzz around it. And I kept, I really wanted to work there. And I asked him if they were hiring for a marketing position and he said, no, but that I spent in that training, I figured, why not? Let's give it a shot. And it was probably one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. So I'm really curious about when you had that moment, going back to that moment when you're in that training with Mm -hmm. all of those other engineers and you thought, maybe I can do this. Did that ever come up in your career development conversations? You know, it didn't. I think I was scared uh, to even mention it to them because from what I knew, they only hired people right out of college. It has since, I have since learned that wasn't the case. I probably could have mentioned it to them and told them of my interest. Uh, I think maybe if it was 10 years down the line, uh, I would have uh, mentioned that, but I wasn't uh, confident in myself and being bold in that decisions. And I feel like a lot of my bold decisions have been because somebody else brought them to me, not me bringing them to myself, uh, which again, uh, I wish that I had had that foresight to make that decision for myself right then and there. But I would challenge you on that because you did say when the company, you knew someone at that company, you wanted to work there. You made the bold decision to say like, will you take me? Is there an opening? And then you know what? They said, no, no opportunity for marketing right now, Jennifer, but, and you said, yes, I will keep learning more about this opportunity. And where did that lead to? So, uh, I was at that company for eight years. For the first five to six years of it, I was in project management. I built some really cool stuff, made lots of mistakes (laughs) while I was there. But I would say it it was the most rewarding part um, of it was just knowing that I was doing it. You know, something that I never thought that I would ever be able to do. Um, I remember being out on a job site. I was building the prairie dog exhibit at the Maryland Zoo. And I remember thinking to myself, like, holy crap, (laughs) I am out here eight months pregnant with a hard hat on in sweltering summer heat, building something that thousands of people are going to see every day. Like I'm doing this and I couldn't, I couldn't believe I was like, would pinch myself every once in a while thinking where I was. Wow. And what happened next after that? So you started like really thriving in the industry, in that project management, in that operation stream, which is not a lot of people with your background do those kind of jobs. Kind of, what did that lead you to? So after, maybe a year or two after um, that, that uh, prairie dog exhibit, um, I had my second child and the company had done some restructuring and done a retreat and decided that they needed a marketing person finally after uh, that um, and they asked me if I wanted to, um, wanted to transition. And it was a hard decision because I really did like project management, but I also loved the fact that now I was going to be a marketing professional with this knowledge stream that I did not have the last time I was in marketing for construction. So I truly understood the industry. I had taken a bunch of classes, um, you know, at the local community college to, to better understand, um, contracts and scheduling and all that. Uh, so I felt like this was my opportunity to, to be a different type of marketing person in the industry. Um, there's very few marketing people in construction that have an actual construction background. Okay. Have you ever experienced imposter syndrome? It's that feeling that you don't deserve to be there and you don't know what you're doing. 
At any moment, people will reveal that you're a fraud and that you don't belong. Until recently, imposter syndrome was considered an internal problem, something that's in your head, and it was up to you, the individual, to solve this problem. I want to tell you today that this assumption is wrong. There is new research that explains why imposter syndrome is a systemic issue and not an individual problem. We've created a free report exploring the evidence and providing strategies companies can use to address this. Here's the truth. If you're a woman in construction, imposter syndrome is not all in your head. Get the report at ambitiontheory.ca forward slash imposter. And now back to the show. When did you start getting involved with NAWIC about like kind of like becoming that role model for women in construction? Because I know a lot of people look up to you. I know you've recently been nominated for a couple awards. Congratulations, by the way. Um, and what, where did it shift from you being like, I'm doing this for myself to I'm there's an opportunity for me to be that role model for others? So... I, I did uh, join NAWIC, which is the National Association of Women in Construction, um, when I was still in project management. Um, I, we were challenged, um, at every um, project engineer and up was challenged to join an organization and then get on the board, get involved. Uh, so I picked NAWIC because honestly, as a woman on a construction site, it was often a daunting and lonely place to be. So why wouldn't I wanna join an organization focus on supporting women that are in the industry. Shortly after joining NAWIC, we had chapter elections and I was like, oh, sure, I'll just run for board of directors thinking that I wouldn't get in, but I did. And then very shortly after that, I would say within the next three years, I was chapter president. Uh, Again, it was never anything that I had planned to do. I remember making a suggestion about an event uh, to our chapter president. She said, maybe you can try that when you're president someday. (laughs) Like, I don't want to be president. Um, And then, you know, just, just recently I was on the national board for NAWIC. So I went from not thinking I ever even serve on a local board to being on the national board. I will say the time that I realized that it was more than just me, like that being a part of NAWIC was bigger than just getting the support for myself. Um, I had actually gone to, um, our, lo- our local utility company when I was chapter president and needed to ask them, basically we're trying to get them to become a sponsor for our local chapter and sitting there talking to them and they were telling me about their recruitment problems and how they wanted more women. They wanted their employee population to represent the population of you know, their constituents, the, their customers. And I, and a light bulb went off and I was like, I, I could totally help them bring more people into the, their company while also helping women and girls access careers that they never would have thought. Like, I never thought that I would be successful in construction. I was this nerdy little ballerina growing up who loved to draw. And here I am, you know, working on a construction site and, and building really cool stuff. So Right then was like this epiphany for me that this, this industry needed women and women needed this industry. So I would say that right there was, you know, when I started to just share on my Facebook feed with anybody that I knew, um, you know, daycare providers that my kids had, you know, would be complaining that they weren't making any money. And I would say, you know, well, maybe you could be an apprentice. I mean, if you could, take care of dirty diapers all day long, you certainly 
could be a plumber. I mean, it's, there's no harder of a job. Wow. That's really cool. And so what kind of, you had this opportunity, like it was bubbling up inside of you. You just, you started doing it, um, as this volunteer role. And now you're the president, uh, and this is kind of like your job every single day to get more women into the industry in the state of Maryland. How did that come about? How did that opportunity come? Because it's really interesting how your own observations and perceptions of yourself are that you're not leadership material, right? But it seems like everybody else <laughs> knew that you were. <laughs> uh, was there a point when you're like, like where you had to really step into that role? And, and was that MCCEI? Or tell me about kind of how that shift happened. Yeah, so... Uh, I first learned about MCCI when I was at NAWIC. Uh, I was a chapter president and um, it might actually have been before I was even chapter president. Um, my predecessor, uh, Bob at MCCI, they would, um, he would support us through uh, putting on um, lunch and learns and um, other types of events. He actually supported uh, the camp that I founded when I was chapter president at Camp NAWIC which is a free construction camp for middle and high school girls to go to. There are other um, camps. I didn't found the concept of Camp Newick. I found it here in Baltimore. Uh, so Bob had supported me through that uh, and was always, you know, sending money, sending resources. We kind of partnered on a lot of things together. He kind of sponsored me and vice versa. Well, I would say it was summer 2020. He reached out to me and said he had something exciting happening that he thought I'd be interested in. At the time I was working for a different general contractor in business development role. I assumed it was something to do with NAWIC uh, and some way that we could help him. So I just like called him while I was on the way, on the way to pick my kids up from summer camp. Like it was no big deal. And he told me that he was leaving the organization and he needed to find a replacement. And was I interested in thinking about it? I wasn't thinking about leaving my company at all. I worked for an amazing employer who I still promote a lot to this day. Uh, but, you know, again, here was this opportunity that was being presented to me. And I, I, was, I was terrified because, again, it was the middle of the pandemic. Uh, do I want to leave a very stable job that I love with coworkers that I love, a company that was very supportive of me being a mom with two kids that were not in school, uh, who were virtually schooling and everything. Do I, did I want to make that big change right then and there? And I kept saying, I always said, if I could do NAWIC for a living, like this is what I want to do. And MCCI is NAWIC for, NAWIC for a living on a grand scale. We're supported by the Department of Labor in the, the state of Maryland, um, the Department of Education. We're so connected to industry and education and government in the state of Maryland. Like, how could I pass that up? If you are an HR professional or a construction leader and you're curious about how you can better engage and support your female staff, we have some exciting news to share with you. Ambition Theory has developed industry-specific leadership training program for women in line with the Canadian Construction Association's Gold Seal Certification Program. The goal of these programs is to help companies develop leaders from the talent that already exists internally. There is a war for talent in the construction industry, and engagement and retention are among the best ways to address this. If you want to learn how Ambition Theory can help you improve employee engagement and retention, go to ambitiontheory.ca and book a call with us. And now back to the show. Okay, so you took the job and tell me about what you're doing now for the state of Maryland, for women in construction, how it's all coming together. And 
I really want you to talk about what you're bringing to the table here. Cause just this theme in your story is like, there's this, I think is like, you have these natural leadership skills and you're able to apply them in construction. You were able to apply them on the job site. You were able to apply, apply them in this volunteer role with NAWIC, again, the National Association of Women in Construction. I know we're saying a lot of acronyms right now. Uh, you're able to apply that there. And people just kept seeing you as this leader and saying, what's the next leadership opportunity? And what's the next leadership opportunity? So tell me about now you're the president. What is this next opportunity that you're kind of coming up with, leading, working on right now? So right now, uh, I would say about a month or two ago, actually probably less than a month ago, um, we partnered with the United Way on a grant uh, for the Economic Development Agency. It's a federal agency that put out a grant and they're basically trying to create regional workforce development systems. Um, and the United Way um, approached us and asked us to be the backbone organization for their construction sector. They're, going, they're trying to help workforce development in construction, healthcare, and IT. Now, MCCI has been around since 2009. Uh, we've made a lot of connections, done some really awesome reports. Um, we're helping with the Department of Education, made a lot of inroads there on getting the construction, um, the uh, career and technical education sector of like construction, you know, uh, more strong and more students into it. But this, I think, is the opportunity for us to take what we're doing to the next level. Um, the United Way is a huge, obviously, international organization with a lot of manpower. We are a mighty three people uh, with an amazing board supporting us, but there's only so much you can do with just um, the three people behind us. I'm really excited about the United Way. They've said that regardless of whether or not this we get this grant, and I think the chances of getting the grant are very slim. Like I saw thousands of people have applied for this grant, but regardless, we're going to do the work. We've got our first meeting coming up in May to do a convene to figure out what's broken, because obviously something's broken in the workforce development system in Maryland. It's very broken everywhere, but in Maryland anyway, we're trying to break down the silos, make sure that every program that already exists is operating, you know, at optimized level, that we're connected and streamlined. And I'm just really, really, really excited to be a part of making a huge change in the state. This is exciting. And I just think it really shows the need for transformational leadership skills in the construction industry. Because the things that you said are the silos, right? Like that's transactional, like, oh, we're doing it. This is my area of expertise. Like you go stay in your area of expertise. It's not like bringing those people together. Um, and these are all the skills that you have. And it sounds like you've been building these skills like since you started. And it's, it's really cool to see it all come together. Like, how does it feel to be that person that is like leading the charge, bringing people together, um, getting people on the same page? What does that feel like? I got to tell you, sometimes I can't believe that I'm doing it. I mean, as we've worked together, you've been my coach, you know, that sometimes I don't believe in myself, but other people are believing me, but also I'm surrounded by people that are doing amazing work. And I think that's the part that's most exciting for me is that every day I'm meeting someone else and it's usually a woman, but I'm meeting somebody else every day who's got the same goals as me. And we're just working together on these goals. And that's the part that's most exciting for me about oh, this. 
I love that you said that because a part of kind of what your part of your leadership secret sauce is, I believe, is this ability to hold people to a higher standard. Because you said, like, I'm working with smart people, but it's like you hold them to that standard and they deliver. Like, I think that's what you really bring to the table. So Jen, thank you so much for bringing up coaching. So you've done coaching with us and it is an ambiguous concept. If you haven't done it before, it's really different than training, even leadership training in the construction industry. Um, Can you talk a little bit about what it was like to get coaching with Ambition Theory? Well, it was obviously the most amazing few weeks of my career. I feel like from where we started to where I am now, um, I'm like on a whole, whole different level. And it's mostly just almost like it was like a therapy session at times talking to you. Uh, I, you know, I would, you would say, uh, what do you want to get out of coaching today? And I would tell you about my current challenge that I was working on, whatever it was for the day. And you would just ask me questions um, and you didn't give me any answers. I had the answers inside me the whole time, but a lot of times you pulled them out of me. And I felt like every time I got off the phone with you, um, I just felt like I could do, I could take over the world if I had to tomorrow. And in fact, I remember sitting, um, you know, prepping with you for a meeting that I was going to have. And the next day, my friend being, my God, you killed that meeting. I have never seen you more like poised and confident in your life. And I said, well, I've you know, I had my coach yesterday and Andrea did a great job. And she's like, give me her name and her number because I need that coach in my life. It just, it just gave me the confidence I had deep down inside myself, like brought it to the surface basically. So so can you talk a little bit before about what was going on before so that we can get, so we could just share with people like what was going, what it felt like for you before and really what was going on? So you know, as the president of a three-person organization, I wear a lot of hats. Some of them I am more comfortable with than others. Um, accounting is not my strong suit. Uh, that is something that I literally talked in with my actual therapist about was, you know, keeping the books and everything like that. Um, so there was those types of things, just um, stress about we were um, going to it's coming up in my end end of year review. Um, I had strategic planning that we were going to do. All these decisions basically were like in my head um, and things that I didn't feel 100% confident that I could handle. And you would just break it down with me every day um, and help me make goals uh, for myself, but also for my team um, and ways to like basically take little bites out of this big, massive elephant. And I think that's helped me transform my thinking too. When I am feeling overwhelmed now over all of the decisions that I have to make, because there's always a million of them in a day, I just think one at a time, you know, what, what do I have to do right now? And what can wait till tomorrow, but also know that I have it in me and maybe I'm not going to get it right the first time or ever. Um, but I'm still making it up and everybody, I think everybody's making it up as they go along. Right. And I think that was something that I've realized through talking with you too, is that, I mean, I feel like probably everybody in a leadership position feels this way at some point. 
Okay. So can you tell me, because you actually came to me to get coaching, you were curious and I am, I actually never asked you this. How did you know that coaching was the thing that was going to help you get to the level you needed to get to? So this was the first time in my career where I didn't have anybody telling me what to do. And I felt like that's what I was missing in my life was um, somebody. And I have colleagues who I bounce ideas off. I have my board and my executive committee who help me with decisions, but they're all really busy people and they have their own jobs and their own lives. And I didn't want to be, feel like a burden to anybody constantly asking questions and opinions and whatnot. And when I had met you and we chatted about women construction things, I thought like, you're somebody that gets where I am. You said you had worked with nonprofits before too. I'm like, you know, it just seemed to like click. I liked you as a person. Um, and also I felt like you could help me, you understood me and therefore if somebody needed to help me, if I needed help, then you were the person to help me with. I was the person. Okay. So was it weird? Talk about like some of the like discomfort. Cause I know like getting out of your comfort zone is the thing we do every time. So tell me about what that was like, because you have done some pretty scary things like during the coaching time. So tell me what that was like. Uh, I always say that I remember one session we had where you were asking me, um, I had to prep myself for that meeting that we were talking about. And I basically had to tell this um, organization why they needed to support what we were about to do. And you kept just saying, and then, or, and what else? You know, you just kept saying, and what else? And I had to just keep thinking of all the reasons why what I was asking from them is what they needed to do. And I, and it was really uncomfortable at first. I remember thinking like, what else can I say? I've said all the things, but I hadn't. And it was just you asking just, and what else? And what else? Just, it was a little awkward and uncomfortable to hear that, um, to hear those questions at first, but it real really got me to where I needed to be. Okay. So like the leaning into the discovery, <laughs> thanks for sharing that because people do, I do like people are like some people turn away from coaching the right, like they don't want to lean into that discomfort, but yes, so when you do, it does, it is awkward. It is uncomfortable, but then the growth that happens after it's pretty yeah. incredible to see. Um, so can you talk about what is, what's life like for you right now? And what's, how do you feel as a leader? I feel pretty great. Uh, last Friday, we had our strategic planning session with the board. I had done a lot of the planning on my own and came up with more uh, four new goals for the organization. Um, showed them to the, my team before we showed them to the board. And we had a really great like three-hour working session uh, where we went through each and every one. We wordsmithed things and talked through stuff. And um, there weren't any massive changes to what I had put together which made me feel amazing. I was exhausted by the end of the day and couldn't even put two words together to form a sentence um, because of just standing up, just being in person for three hours and like facilitating something was really exhausting. But I felt so good afterwards knowing that I had big, like my visions on this strategic plan are big and they are more than just a five-year plan. Even though it says five years, we're never going to hit all these goals in five years. But the fact that the board was behind me made me feel really, really amazing um, because they all believed in everything that I was saying that we were going to do. Um, 
they did try and knock me down a notch a couple of times saying, well, we're not going to be the, maybe we'll be a leader. We're not going to be the leader, you know, Maryland. Uh, but so that was kind of funny, but you know, if, if you don't have go big or go home, right. If you're not going to, if I'm going to spend all my time and effort, you know, away from my family, crazy hours trying to get this done. I want it to be the best that it can possibly be. And the fact that the boards are behind me um, and saying that they believe in that and they want the same thing was really awesome. Jen, can you share the vision that you have for the organization? So for the organization, my vision is that, you know, we will be the connector between the industry, education, government, that we are bringing people, real jobs to people, um, that the the industry will be diverse and collaborative, that we'll have this abundant pipeline. Everybody will want to work in construction by the time we're done with this industry. I love that. Everybody will want to work in construction because of the vision that you are creating. I just got chills. Thank you for sharing that. So Jen, we always end our podcast with an action that people can take within 24 hours after they learn something new which is also how we end our coaching sessions. Um, So if people want to become that visionary leader, they want to kind of rise to that challenge and bring people along. What is the first step that they can do just to get started? I would say just make the decisions that you're scared to make. That's been like when my life has pivoted the most is when I've done something that I was terrified to do. I remember right after I interviewed for this position, hoping and praying that I didn't get offered it because that meant that I was going to do something scary. But now look at my life. I am more fulfilled in my current career than I have ever been. Just do the scary things. They will pay off. I love it. So how do people learn more about the Maryland Center for Construction Education and Innovation? So we have two websites. We have mccei.org. That is our main um, organization's website. And then we have buildyourpath.org. And that one is more geared towards people that are interested in learning about all the opportunities in this industry. It's not specific to what we're doing as an organization, but just the industry itself. Amazing. And how you can follow us on every social media channel there is. And we have a lot of really awesome content on YouTube as well. Okay. Oh, that's amazing. And I'll put links to those. We'll put links to those in the show notes. And how do people connect with you? Is LinkedIn the best way? Absolutely. I'm very active on LinkedIn. Find me and I'll, and I almost never say no to a connection. Okay. Amazing. So it's Jennifer Spruill on LinkedIn and we'll put that in the show notes as well. So Jennifer, thank you so much for doing this interview and sharing your big vision with us today. Thank you. Hey, before you go, I'm going to read a review of our podcast. This one is called Engaging and Informative. As a new HR consultant, I have found the topics to be very informative and engaging. The dialogue is always upbeat. I also love that the conversations are the perfect length. I am sometimes left wanting more, but they are also easy to fit into my day. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much for that generous review. It really helps us to get the word out about the podcast so that we can keep making episodes every week for you for free. And now I'm wondering if I can ask you a favor. Can you leave the podcast a five-star review and a comment? Thank you so much. Ambition Theory Women in Construction is hosted by me, Andrea Jansen, and produced by Michael Boyd from Podcast Atlantic. Our artwork is by Tara Andrews. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you.